0: Oh, thank you, Maximum fund Donors. We appreciate many things. Good music, good television, but mostly it's money that you give to us. So we've decided to give you a little present.
1: Yeah, we've got some bonus uh, clips from before we launched Pop Rocket when we were just first all getting to know each other. So this won't be awkward to listen to at all.
2: I mean there was that fist fight between me and Margaret that was on tape. But,
3: I had to break that you know. up. Right. I'm still missing a patch of hair in the back of my it's head. It's growing Sorry. in nicely <laughs> though. It's growing in nicely. Thank you.
1: Um, you know, I, I had just stopped smoking crack at that point. So, it was just really hard to get to the point where I could remember what I loved about pop culture. I don't really smoke Margaret, crack.
0: <laughs> yes. Margaret, what was your what was your biggest challenge in becoming a like a pop culture talking head?
3: uh remembering names of people or places or really, really any factual information <laughs> <laughs> the names it's of key. my co-hosts
0: uh Oliver when you were starting the 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 podcast did you have concerns about losing your privacy once you became a public celebrity
2: i'm still waiting for that moment to happen so i'll i'll deal with that when it uh, when it uh, crosses over
1: you're so modest uh
0: Uh, Winter, when did you concretely realize you loved me?
1: I think it's the moment. She still hasn't admitted it. (laughs) (laughs) It was the moment I met you. It was literally like that heart eyes emoji, (laughs) (laughs) but like an animated version of it.
0: All right, you guys, here's our awkward first or second date. Hello, I'm Guy Branden and Welcome to Pop Rocket, a new weekly show picking over the pop culture we all love to love. Max Fun Listener Mike Klaus suggested we should call the show Dumb Things Considered. Mike, never stop being awesome. With me to talk about TV, film, music, and anything else entertaining our writer and DJ Oliver Wang.
2: Who do you who?
4: <laughs> hey
0: there, Oliver. How's it. Going? Digital strategist Winter Mitchell. Hello. Hello, Winter. <laughs> and comedian Santina Muha.
5: Hi. Hello
0: there, Santina. <laughs> Just so we can put a voice to everyone's name, let's go around the studio and just say which piece of pop culture you're all about this week. Winter, what are you into?
1: I'm really all about The Evil Within, which is a video game that I bought for 80% off on Black Friday when I wasn't supposed to buy it on Black Friday because I was supposed to be protesting, but I couldn't pass up this deal, and now I'm not all about it because it's too scary for me to play. Why? (laughs) Why is it so scary? It's literally about a, a cop which is already scary that goes into an abandoned facility and it's the abandoned facility is overrun by demons um a serial killer um a cannibal um a ring-like japanese type character it's a doozy i can't get past
0: i the love a level. video game with real atmosphere Santina, <laughs> what are you what are you all about
5: Oh, I've been watching this Black Mirror Mm. on Netflix, which, uh, if you're not familiar, is kind of like the Twilight Zone, but uh, using, like, technology and how, you know, our habits are going to take over someday. I
0: was kind of hoping it was just Orphan Black, but somebody watching it in a mirror.
5: (laughs) No, no, I haven't been watching Black (laughs) or Orphan Black backwards now. Um, No, no, but it's uh, the only thing that is frustrating me is there's only like seven episodes of two seasons of the show so I've been really rationing it out. I've been really oh, <laughs> watching one. It's very one... disciplined of <laughs> you. Yeah, thank you.
2: Um, Oliver, <laughs> what are you all about? Well, we've gone from a video game from Black Friday to Black Mirror to yeah. Black Messiah which is D'Angelo's surprise album after 14 years in the making that he just dropped on us over a course of a weekend uh, and I think one of the things I liked about it besides the album itself is just the idea that there was no leaks that at 9 o'clock p.m. on Sunday night Pacific Standard Time that's when the album came out and suddenly everyone i knew was buying the album and talking about it in real time and it's so rare to have that ability with music to be able to have everyone on the same page in the same moment where no one else has gotten to hear it we're all processing it at the same time and there's something about the simultaneity i just think i, I don't even know if that's a real that's word that's a good one i like that's it. a good word um, that it it sort of took me back to when I was much younger when, you know, you would wait for the release date and people would all wait on that Tuesday and then go to the record store and and, and get and talk about it. Those moments are much rare in a day where music is available through all of these, these different means and on demand. Mm-hmm. To have an album that no one else got to listen to outside of the music makers to, that we all had to process uh, in real time together, I think that's great. Um, I don't who, know if you can do it that often, but it's it's good.
0: Who is doing D'Angelo's, like, information technology security Because, I mean, 14 years and and nothing leaking. That's pretty impressive. Madonna, they're stealing the songs before she records them. I, this week, am all about photos of the Duchess of Cambridge and Beyonce being in the same place. I look at them and I can't stop clapping. And
4: I'm just so
0: excited for everything. Like the real solid, meaningful side eye that she threw when that lady told her to keep wrapping oh, presents. It was
4: amazing. <laughs>
0: it's really all I'm looking for out of a Queen of England. All right, coming up in this week's show, we've got music recommendations, a look back at the best pop culture of 2014, and our panel's most shameful media consumption confessions. But first, this.
5: I listened to Bullseye for the moment when Jesse asks an artist an insightful question and the artist goes, oh, huh, and pauses. And you can hear in the pause
2: that he is reassessing his own work in light of the question that Jesse just asked.
0: Bullseye is your guide to what's good from MaximumFun.org and NPR. All right. The biggest story of the last week or so has been the hacking of Sony by a group calling itself the Guardians of Peace. This began with the leaking of 47,000 Sony employees' social security numbers at the end of November. took a fun twist early in December as emails were leaked in which executives called Angelina Jolie a spoiled brat, Kevin Hart a whore, and co-chair of Sony Amy Pascal made racial jokes about President Obama. Winner, let's play Amy Pascal and Scott Rudin, all right? <laughs> You're a woman of power and I am a fat Jew. Let's do
1: it. What should I ask the president at this stupid Jeffrey breakfast? Would he like to finance some movies? I doubt it. Should I ask him if he likes Django? 12 years. <laughs> or The Butler or, or Think Like a Man? Ride along. I bet he likes Kevin
0: Hart. <laughs> Uh, then came threats of terrorism against the theaters showing the interview. Theaters started to pull the film screenings, and Sony scrapped the interview release entirely as U.S. officials confirmed that North Korea was behind the attacks. Or as Winter summarized in an email to us all on Tuesday. You have to do Winter now, I think.
4: You have to do it. Oh, really? <laughs>
0: this Sony leak is getting cray, loving every man. <laughs> oh, Winter, the digital strategy behind this sort of thing is your field Take us through the story.
1: I'll put it to you this way. It's it's interesting because this is an entertainment pop culture related story. But the real issue here is that security was breached and they weren't protecting themselves. The last place I expect at this point in time to have a really good secure infrastructure is a studio, to yeah. be honest. Mm-hmm. I figured they're like, you know, you, is Norton loaded Is the cloud (laughs) password synced to my AOL account if I lose it? Like, I feel like that's where we're working because the focus at a studio is not to be protective of anything. You let the other guys do it. I'm here to make movies.
0: Because for people at home, when you go on to a studio lot, it's more security than you go through when you get on a plane. True. It, It is... Everybody keeping track of you constantly because there are celebrities coming through and studio executives believe that they're the most powerful people on the planet and should not have any inconvenience of any sort. So (laughs) I also assumed that they would have crazy, crazy information technology protection.
1: Yeah. I think the reality here is that Sony was targeted. So they were warned they were warned multiple times throughout the course of the year. They were also, this is a little, we should we should get a little sound effect that does like a, a newsreel, newsreel, 1942. Um, there's also a, a junior exec at Sony who told them her job is to literally get the script, read it. And she read it and did all the coverage and turned it back into the, the senior executives and said, I don't think you should make this movie. I don't think it's a good idea. I don't think that we need to tempt anyone to do anything to us so don't basically poke the tiger and they were like okay kid thanks get off the lot and the fact that amy pascal got the email and deleted it when they said we're about to hack you in three two and she was like click i need to get to my pinterest like so that was (laughs) those things happen like they responded just like your average person whose computer you know, goes on the fritz. They didn't mm-hmm. respond in force.
0: The Like, the notion of a country essentially declaring war on a multinational corporation, fascinating. Fascinating. That country being half of Korea and that multinational corporation being Japanese mm-hmm. is
4: fascinating.
1: Fascinating. <laughs> the one thing that, well, nobody's really talked about, I think, is that Kim Jong-il versus Kim Jong-un and that I don't think him, his dad would have given 40 shits. That's a beautiful point because we... <laughs> I think I think he's trying to prove a point because he's his father's son. And he wants to say,
5: like, you can't, don't, you know. It, Do you think it would have made a difference if Kobe Bryant were in the film? You
2: mean <laughs> you mean Rodman? Rodman? I mean Dennis Rodman? I mean, yeah. There you go. Dennis.
5: It really would have made a difference if Kobe Bryant was in the
1: film. Well, we he had, we've
0: had a fair number of movies with Saddam Hussein, and then we had Team America with Kim Jong il. in it, it
1: Hot Shots or Naked Gun 33 and a Third? Yes. Right.
0: But, like, there is something so funny about the guy who never fought in a war and spent all of his, like, Teen years and 20s trying to get to Tokyo Disneyland, who's like obsessed <laughs> with American media,
1: yeah. who's
0: actually gonna take this serious and
1: thing. doesn't have a sense of humor at all.
2: One question I would, I did want to throw out if the interview had not been a comedy and specifically like a Franco Rogan comedy, but had been a drama or even a documentary, would this have played out this exact same way?
1: No. I don't that's think it, so. that's my gut,
2: too. I feel yeah. like no. because it's a comedy, they would have canceled because we don't take that stuff seriously anyway.
1: I don't, I honestly don't. No. I know studios and I know people there and I love people at Sony and I feel for my friends that are going through this, but more should have been done. Oh, but, wait, wait,
2: wait. More, more what? What does that mean?
1: More should have been You need to stop thinking you know everything at mm-hmm. the top. Amy, right. like you if this girl is telling you this is gonna happen, you've gotta have like some, what do you call it? A mob consigliere? how do you say it? You need to have like a, a cultural attache who goes the levels and the layers of the political. She could have called the woman who wrote the book about North Korea. They could have asked the questions like you used to do in the past. I'm
0: honestly surprised that there was no point in time that the State Department didn't say, Hey guys. Yeah. Just hey guys. And like Obama saying that Pascal made a mistake today. I thought, so interesting because, like, he has to say that as an American so that we are standing strong and not crumbling. But also, like, A, if people had been scared of going to the movies on Christmas, it would have screwed over Hollywood. Mm -hmm. And B, Amy Pascal was presumably trying to stop people from being hurt, you know? She's screwed either way. Okay,
2: go. (laughs) Go. I think think the response of theaters (laughs) and of the studios is not that they're preventing people from being hurt. They don't want to be sued. It's all about liability. It's all about money. This
0: is America. Freedom of speech (laughs) and no regulation on uh, the amount that torts damages can be. Exactly. As a trained attorney, I like that. (laughs) Um, Okay, I do want to talk about just this, this very real look that we got into the operations of the studio, yeah. all of the shit talking. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I personally am very much of the opinion, like people were calling for Amy Pascal to step down because there were a couple of like mild inside the apartment racism. Like uh the the the, the email. I like that you called it mild. <laughs> um okay the thing is is I uh, they
1: said everything that we already think that Denzel can't sell a movie overseas, and we, he can't because he's not a leading man anymore because he's old. They just hit everybody like right in that weird space where you're just gonna bleed out. They they uh, they, they just went in on it was, everybody. Well, like
0: people people talking smack about Amy Pascal calling. Um, she said that doing TV roles was a fad for movie celebrities, the way that adopting a black baby was yes. three years ago. The thing is, is I think it's very hypocritical of people to call that out and say, oh, you're terrible, oh, you're racist. Yes, she's racist, but a level of racist that I am. You know, a level of racist... <laughs> That's w- bold. <laughs> no, I mean, the thing is, is who didn't make a joke three years ago about how every lady celebrity yeah. was adopting a baby from Africa? Like, it was the Birken bag of 2008.
1: <laughs> but it also... I think that she is one of those type of racists um, who will totally be friends with black people, will totally, you know, want to hang out with them and everything. But she doesn't. She knows so little about the culture that she defers those concerns to other people in the studio to be worried about unless it's Will or Denzel. She's like, you guys be the cultural heartbeat of of all of this. I'm focused on crazy-ass Angelina wannabe Cleopatra.
0: We have a producing pod that talks to black people. Yes,
1: exactly. Fox
0: Searchlight. And Fox Searchlight is the part of Fox that talks to black (laughs) Black people.
1: Black people. No, but they have, um, what's his name, Devon Franklin, who is married to uh, a really beautiful actress named Megan Good, and he's, you know, very powerful at... One of
0: the strongest upper lips in the business, Megan Good.
1: Right. (laughs) I never thought of it that way. Never thought of it that way. Uh,
0: Winter... As the official representative of black America in this booth, (laughs) I just want your general thoughts on Amy Pascal having an official meeting with um, Al Sharpton to do penance for race in America.
1: The the equivalent of me calling for 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 her to call Al Sharpton is like me calling Kever Federline if I call if I say like Peckerwood and Cracker on national television, <laughs> it's like I you don't why him of all the call the president call somebody else other than him and you know what I I feel bad for you Amy because I actually really looked up to you coming up in in the industry I really looked up to you and now that respect is just kind of like. It's out. It it kind of all goes out the window when you make cracks like that.
0: Yeah. Santina, what gets you about this? Story?
5: Well, I wasn't surprised to hear these emails. I I mean, don't we kind of know, like you're saying, yeah. Hollywood execs? I mean, <laughs> pl- first of all, people of power always think they're hysterical. Oh
1: my god, yeah, and they're not. They think <laughs> they're <laughs> Most so of funny, the time,
5: or else they'd be, you know, in another rural position, right? right. As, as, so, but um. God, what gets me is like their social security numbers and Mm -hmm. things like that being released. Oh, my God. Like last year when I shopped at Target and then I had to change my credit card. I was I'm still scared that that happened a year ago. I just feel like I don't know. I feel like if I'm Tom Hanks, I'm looking over my shoulder now forever because who knows who pocketed his information and what they're going to use it for at what time or whatever. I don't know. That freaks me out. Well, when calls
0: people... calls for Sony to stand st- strong would be fine if the only threat that there was is that we would find out more shitty things that Amy Pascal said. Yeah. But it's not. It's thousands of low-level employees who don't know when a letter bomb is going to show up or whatever right. they would do.
1: I keep thinking about what the future looks like for Sony, and it does not look that great. Um as of today, I think they got Judy Smith who's the Olivia Pope, the real Olivia Pope to sort of help them, but I'm this, there's levels. I keep saying levels because there's so many layers to this. Mm-hmm. There's there's job security, there's entire movie slates all the way up to 2020 release, there's budgets that are already overinflated and they're losing money. They're they're probably going to lose billions. Uh, maybe not a billion. I would say more like immediately but they're hundreds gonna hundreds of millions. Hundreds of hundreds millions of, millions of dollars. Because yeah. they're gonna get sued up the wazoo.
0: I'm just fascinated to see what happens when the resume I sent to the Queen Latifah Show in 2013. <laughs> You're
1: still talking <laughs> leaked about
0: leaked to the media. Oh my god. All right, you guys. If the interview were available today, would you go online and watch it,
2: Oliver? Oh God. Talk about like your Sophie's choice. Um <laughs> I mean, I never thought that the film looked terrible from jump. Just if, if oh, Sophie's Choice were on Netflix, I would watch it today. <laughs> <laughs> D- Despite all of this, I defend its right to exist. I still don't want to watch it, though. Santina.
5: I'm such a baby. I would be afraid that they would get my IP address and put a virus. I wouldn't watch it because. I would watch it at someone else's house on their computer with them, but I wouldn't download it because I'm scared. (laughs) I'm a ween. I'm a baby about that stuff.
0: Winter.
1: I have to reference Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. If they silver shamrock my television, my precious 60-inch television, and DVD player or whatever, uh, uh, genie, I'll be pissed. So, no, I won't be watching it, and I'm not going to miss it. They'll make more.
5: So that could happen what I said? Yeah. See? <laughs>
0: oh, the listen, traditional Jewish Christmas. The people
5: strategists.
0: The traditional Jewish Christmas I was planning for myself was to get baked as fuck, mm-hmm. go see the interview, and then eat Chinese food. Mm. Um, and so, yes, if it were on, if it were streaming, I would watch it as soon as I could get stoned enough. <laughs>
1: I feel bad. I'm sorry that that's not going to (laughs) happen Then I would really be too paranoid to watch it. I would be really freaking out. I'm just
0: going to not get stoned and go to Into the Woods. (laughs) So, you guys, we've solved this. Yeah, I'll send an email to Amy Pascal. Please do. You're listening to Pop Rocket. We will be right back after this.
2: Hey everyone, we're the Flop House, One of the newest additions to the Maximum Fun Podcasting Network I'm Dan McCoy I'm Stuart Wellington And I'm Elliot Kalin What is the Flop House? you may very well ask We watch a bad movie and then we talk about it A bad movie podcast, isn't that like every fifth podcast on the internet? I'd answer that by saying One, we've been doing this show for over seven years Long before the entire premise of our show was a cliche And two, shut up Sick burn I'd say that our show is more of a comedy podcast, a podcast about words that sound like other words, a podcast about me singing long, irritating songs like this one, (laughs) a podcast about pitches for a Ziggy comic book movie, or discussions about sex tarps.
4: Yeah,
0: I mean, mostly it's a show about three friends just hanging out and talking about ding-dongs.
2: That's mostly used to. Wait, what? So if you like any of those things, subscribe in iTunes today or visit MaximumFun.org to follow the show. The Flophouse! Woo!
0: Welcome back to Pop Rocket, you guys. I'm your host, Guy Branham. With me in the studio are Winter Mitchell, Santina Muha, and the lovely Oliver Wang. (laughs) It's the end of the year, and everywhere you look, there are lists for the best of 2014. 2014. Breaking Bad action figures made it onto the Time Magazine's Top 10 Toys. MTV named Iggy Azalea's Fancy the best song of the year. And Rolling Stone bestowed Matthew McConaughey's Psycho Eyes and True Detective as the best TV moment of 2014. So we're putting together our own list. What were your top five pop culture things of 2014?
1: Winter. Mine was uh, Lupita winning the Oscar for Best Supporting Actress. That was a huge Mm -hmm. moment in an otherwise boring-ass telecast. Um, Kanye's Bound to video because it was Uh just amazing. Uh And I'm just going to be a braggart, so watch your toes for this name drop. But Kanye showed me the video beforehand, and it made... Stop! (laughs) Stop! (laughs) And I saw the video, and I remember thinking that was the best thing ever, and then when it came out and everybody hated it, I felt like a weirdo. And then Robin Williams' (laughs) suicide was the really sad. Honestly, that took the cake for me this year. This year really took a downturn after that. That really... Hurt Me, um, Pharrell's hat at the Grammys because it was one of those moments you don't have often have moments where you're just like, ugh. It was, what's that? Also,
0: it was a really good reminder that only we can prevent forest fires. <laughs> yeah.
1: And finally, John Travolta calling Idina Menzel uh, <laughs> uh.
2: Ad- Adele Nazeem. was good. I watched that like- The telecast seven- had two good moments then. See, there's yeah. two,
0: okay, that's right. Two good moments. I'm sorry. Like Broadway stars getting shit on more doesn't make me happy. They have so little. They have so they little. They put her in Enchanted and didn't let her say. It's yeah. the way he said it. It said it like Danny Zuko. You <laughs> did beautiful. Yeah.
1: It's like his batteries went out. <laughs>
5: right.
0: Amazing. All right, Santina.
5: Okay. Um, I was I was uh like pro ice bucket challenge when that was happening. I was like, you know what? We haven't talked about ALS in a while. And everyone's talking about it. So why why are people so angry that we're doing this? Right? People donated some money. Um, so, and I even did it. I did it, and uh, why not? I, I also, now, although I didn't have a personal screening from Kanye, I did <laughs> get to uh, the old fashioned way see Bound to, and also, unlike Winter, I did not love it. I thought it was so crazy. And then when I saw the uh, James Franco Seth Rogen parody, I thought this is funny, but it's not as funny as the original. Because he's not trying to be funny. He's so serious.
1: That's what I love about him.
5: Okay. <laughs> um... <laughs> um. Okay, I also loved BoJack Horseman. Did you guys watch that I on Netflix?
0: I still haven't watched it. My friend Lisa makes it in some way. I don't know. I've heard that it's the most wonderful thing on the planet. And the fact that I still haven't watched it is just embarrassing. To It's very embarrassing.
5: It's great. I'm not a huge cartoon person, uh, but it's so great. The way that they ground this bizarre world in such a, a great reality where animals are half people. And um, and then just like the Will Arnett of it all and just like the kind of like full house of it all just watch it guys it's really good um uh i also oh okay so i i liked serial i was on board but the other day the ending just kind of threw me so
0: because there was nothing there
5: (laughs) yeah because if like had i known the whole time i was listening to unsolved mysteries then i could have (laughs) listened to it as such but i was listening to it waiting for an ending and then as it got closer to the ending i had like that soprano's anxiety where i was like oh my god they're asking more questions and there's not enough time to answer them all and now what's gonna happen and then you know in 48 minutes or whatever of the finale i was like uh what's the journey song
4: don't
0: stop
5: believing. <laughs> Don't stop believing. Should have played it at, played out cereal. Yeah.
0: It was it was twelve <laughs> hours to do the t- first twenty minutes of an SUV. Like,
5: yeah. <laughs> no. Exactly.
0: Yeah.
5: Uh, and I have my theories, but anyway, uh, and you guys, I loved that one week. I, I um for the listeners out there, I'm i know I am in a wheelchair, and I loved that one week when everybody was shitting on people in wheelchairs. Uh, Kanye, sorry, I know he's your your friend. I, I didn't just found mean out. It. Ah, He didn't mean it, but it was hysterical. It was hysterical. I wish I was the one at that concert when Kanye said, get up. And I was like, I can't. I just think that's so funny. And then like a week later, Ken Jennings, who's the Jeopardy champion, made a joke on Twitter where he said, um, there's nothing sadder than a hot girl in a wheelchair oh. or than a hot person in a wheelchair. And I was like, first of all, are you a comedian? When did that happen? Yeah. And secondly... Excuse me, but have we met Ken Jones? (laughs) Hello? (laughs) So uh, those were good times for me. I got a lot of good Twitter uh, favorites on my tweets.
0: (laughs) Nice. Oliver, what about you?
2: Uh, So we've already talked about Sony's decision to pull the interview, so that was uh, one of mine. Um, D'Angelo surprise dropping Black Messiah, which I've also talked about. Number two, uh, you know the Star Wars trailer. I sound like such a fanboy right now, mm-hmm. I'm picking, but I think that was it was one of those moments where again everyone was wanted to talk about. It. And I I love these moments where you get a critical mass of people losing their minds simultaneously. Uh, I think along those same lines true detective i mean we, we we touched on that very briefly um in your your intro guy but you know i don't think the in a lot of ways like serial i feel like the series did not live up to its potential where at its height but the fact that within i mean how many episodes was that thing six episodes eight tops and by the time it was maybe episode three or four everyone seemed locked in on something that no one had any idea of what it was going to be like going into it um and then uh number five would just be all all bay everything. I mean yeah. Beyonce, beginning with her surprise dropped album from, from December of 2013 through the tour with her and Jay to mm-hmm. her showing up, you know, with with the, the future queen of England, you know, you know. Don't we forget are, the elevator. Yeah, right, that, the you elevator. just reminded
5: me that yeah. was uh, one of mine. Right. A, we bi-
2: are all,
0: a billion uh, dollars in an elevator
5: Ooh. was
2: like
0: a moment I will never forget.
2: Right. <laughs> we are li- we are all living in Bay's world and it's it's nice here. <laughs>
1: It's really nice here. It's very choreographed and manicured. It's yes. been good
0: for me. It's yes. been good for me. Um, I like Blackish meant a lot to me. I was very excited that we have a sitcom again. A sitcom that's job is to be funny and not explore a woman's battle against cancer. Like <laughs> we've been calling a lot of things sitcoms, and this is a f- like. I really honestly believed that like we had a black family sitcom that was going to lead us back into a world of having funny sitcoms. Yeah, uh, and then Captain Sweaters' history came forward. <laughs> and we were no longer to look back at uh, able to look back at nineteen eighty three is a good time. Um, number two is a candle review by a woman named Az for Angela on YouTube that was from like last Christmas or two Christmases ago. And it's just a woman melting down, she does candle reviews, and it's a woman melting down about um, not being able to get these candles at Bath and Body Works that she needed and the bitches she was dealing with. Yes! And like, the gay internet so emphatically demanded that I watch it, and I was like, I don't need to watch another woman meltdown on like her YouTube channel. And it was so intense and wonderful that I just went into this hole of watching this woman's candle reviews and like seeing her life like slowly unravel before me her fostering of guinea pigs and it was just i i understood youtube fame for the first time like really, <laughs> I really so Santina. when you say
5: she she was melting down you don't mean she was melting candles no. because that's what i was picking, that's no. for, what I was picking. for the Pituring. first 45 seconds <laughs> of this
0: no she was she was going crazy because oh. she attempted to get uh, three wick oh, sh- versions of the frosted gingerbread sure. and sure. uh winter candy apple candles. Oh. oh, she
1: was that was the that
0: was the and
1: yeah that and then, was the apex of the she, whole they, issue. They
0: only had the one wick, they only had the one wick uh, eight-ounce candles and it destroyed her life. Yeah, okay. Um and it was beautiful. It like it it opened <laughs> up, like just go into an AZ for Angela hole. You will learn so much about this woman. Um Like, us reshuffling all of our late night hosts and having them all come out to be white guys who are heterosexual again, I liked because it led to a conversation. We've had a lot of, like, good big conversations this year. Mm -hmm. I don't know that we've gotten anything out of it. But, you know, I I think we all had to realize, like, some British guy you've never heard of is getting the Late Late Show. And Sarah Silverman's in an apartment in West Hollywood. Like, Mm -hmm. you know?
1: Mm-hmm. And, they all have black band leaders, though. Yeah, I mean, we... <laughs> that's my well, saving sound. That's my sound. There's that. There's oh, that. So and
5: big hair.
0: I, I did really. I liked that we were sort of having a bigger conversation about how easy it is to ignore women and like people of color and homosexuals like myself in the comedy world. Um, Taylor Swift's bat mitzvah meant a lot to me. Like, Taylor Swift. Like, when Kanye grabbed the MTV, like, video award out of her hand, or the microphone out of her hand, I was like, that child is a tool of somebody else's. She has nothing within her. I will never love her the way I love Beyonce, because I always know that Beyonce is awesome. right? And, like, Shake It Off is a great song.
1: Great songwriting.
0: And it is just reclaiming her own story And defining it in a way you can dance to. And Ariana Grande's uh, song Piano, which is something of a very similar nature, also really, really good. And you should check it out. Um, And then finally, Comedy Central remembering that women are human beings um, meant a lot to me this year. Amy Schumer show is killing it. Mm -hmm. Broad City I didn't watch until this year. And... That's exactly what a sitcom should be, and then there are a couple good shows, including what I wrote for, uh, that are coming out this year, Yay. and it's exciting.
5: I have to add one because I forgot to. Yes. Add. Okay. Um, Teresa and Joe Judice from yeah. The Real Housewives of New Jersey, guys. This reality is- reality
0: getting real is so awesome. It's
5: so it's so hard for me to watch that because I love them, and but it's also very easy for me to watch it because it's so fun to watch but um oh god I didn't want I don't want them to go to jail and they are no,
0: I it's like 10 I, days I think it's a magical no
5: 10 days Fifteen months for Teresa, and three three and no, a half. No, no, years. but in ten
1: days she's oh going God, in. Oh, she
5: she's going for ten days, and she's Look how making these I last am. ten I days count. A table. She's putting I'm... YouTube videos oh, up, poor and just... she's gonna. And that she's going to the Orange is the New Black prison. Is oh, like is she? Yes, it's just like too it's too good for me. It's too many things happening. <laughs> Some, it's too many things. Somebody
0: wanted a guest starring spot on a Netflix <laughs> there show you go. a little too hard. There but there can you go. they, in
5: season three, please add like a Teresa Judice character? Oh. They have to. You guys,
0: I'm really pissed off that no one picked butts as their favorite like no? pop culture moment of 2014. I assumed I wouldn't have to because one of the rest Did of you pick
1: would. butts. I like. I came
0: close to picking butts. They were, I insist- they were. They were never out of style, my man. They were
1: not. Ne- they were never out of style. They'll call it a comeback. This was.
0: <laughs> All right. But I'm done. You're listening to Pop Rocket. We will be right back after this with more one-liners from Oliver Wang.
1: I want to talk more about butts. <laughs> Let's talk more about butts.
3: Welcome to the Lady to Lady Show Behind door number one we have Fantastic weekly guests like Aisha Tyler, French Stewart, Rheta, and more. Behind door number two, we
5: have road trip and sleepover games like Would You Rather and Never Have I Ever—the
0: kind of games
1: that remind you of being a kid. Door number three brings you fresh hot episodes every
5: Wednesday. You can find them on iTunes and MaximumFun.org. Now pick a door. Just kidding—they're not real because we're a podcast. You're all winners, and we didn't really think this through.
1: Lady to lady.
0: All right, welcome back to Pop Rocket. I'm your host, Guy Branham. With me in studio are Santina Muha, Oliver Wang, and Winter Mitchell. Every week on Pop Rocket, we'll be asking our panel, what's your current jam? And so we don't get all too cool. Also, what's the most shameful piece of media you've consumed over the last week? We will vote on the worst and then shame that person. Santina, what's your jam?
5: Oh, I love that. Uh, I think you say Hosier that take me to church song, you know? Mm-hmm. I love that song. It makes me feel like real, like gospel-y, I get real into it. My lover's yeah. got humor,
4: she's the giggle at a funeral, Those I
5: like when songs start kind of solely and slow and then it drops.
0: Because you're right at that place in between fucking music and Jesus music.
5: <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. It's like that, um, I listen to a lot of Led Zeppelin and stuff, you know, I like songs that you're like. Is this we about what they're
2: talking about? No, it's not. It's, it's about sex, isn't it? No she tells me she Oliver, what are you into? Uh, I will put up uh, Scott Bradley and the Postmodern Jukebox's cover of Beyonce's Drunken Love. So Bradley and the Postmodern Jukebox, they are L.A.-based, and they take current pop songs and they remake them in different musical eras.
0: Oh, are those the people I have seen doing Saturday Morning Cartoon covers on YouTube?
2: Maybe I. Okay. Possibly. I mean, they, they draw from a lot of different yeah. different things, and you know, there are other people doing similar things, but to me, Bradley and his crew execute really well. It's not just par. I mean, they're not parody songs. They're they're doing cover songs, and they're doing it in a way where they're recontextualizing different artists into you know different uh, you know from the '60s to the '20s to you know, cross-genre, and I think the level of execution just, it's really slick. I like it.
0: 2007, 2008 made me really self-conscious about nice white hipsters coming in and redoing anything like rap or R&B or hip-hop-ish, because so frequently it seemed to be strip away the production and then point out how stupid these people are for singing their stupid songs about butts or whatever, or umbrella. Right, right. Oh, Mandy Moore's cover of Umbrella is the reason that I will hit her when I meet her. <laughs> um, but that was lovely. That was lovely. Yeah, and
2: and again, these are not attempts at being wink, wink, ironic. They're, they like they you can clearly tell they sincerely like these songs and they just want to cover them in different ways. But it's not it's not what you're talking about, which is like a a bluegrass remake of a Snoop Dogg song. This right. is not this is not that. Winter. What's your jam?
1: I really, really like uh, January twenty eighth by J Cole. And his new album, mm. 2014 Forest Hills Drive, mm. just came out. And it's just, the album has a lot of influence from what he he went back home. He really sat with himself and was really thoughtful about the lyrics. But a lot of the lyrics have to do with what's going on currently in the world, especially with Black America, especially with Ferguson and Eric Garner and Tamir Rice. So a lot of, I'm really, and, and um, D'Angelo did the same thing. They kind of released their music in response to this you know, they want to sort of soothe the the black community first and foremost, and I I appreciate that. I appreciate putting music out that's thoughtful and is not just always about butts and bottle service. Like,
0: the most fascinating thing about the journey of African American music over the past 50 years has been this thing of trying to address black culture while white people are constantly trying to grab something and take it away Mm -hmm. and remove meaning from it. And the regular push to do something that will be out of the bounds of what conventional America sees as music, um, to sort of like, to, to, it's as someone who is a white person who doesn't mm-hmm. play that much attention to music, yeah. I'm fascinated by it. Yeah. I'm fascinated.
1: Yeah, They're doing a really good job. I mean, I think next year is going to be watershed for music because I think everybody's going to follow suit because these albums have been so well received. Yeah hope. All
0: right. Oliver Wang, we've come to a kind of difficult point in time in our relationship. We've known each other for a little over a month now. Yes. And I've explained to you that I have <laughs> terrible taste in music, but now I need to show you the the contours of that. Okay. Uh, i ready. I shazammed a song from a champagne commercial and <laughs> fell in love with it and couldn't stop listening to it. And I assumed that it was by some, like, interesting black British lady who was in this video that I had seen no it was just like a studio musician just manufactured a manufactured song and I like love the drug that was designed for me we need to hear this
2: this
1: is the song
5: that you liked guy yes I'm pretty sure this is charting Played on KCRW as we speak. Yes, <laughs> that's actually.
0: <true. laughs> oh, it's terrible. It is. It is background music for like a travel commercial. Like,
2: it is. Hey, here's a good time. Nothing could be worse than some of the songs that Coke commissions just to sell Coke. Oh yeah. I mean, those the, just from a songwriting point of view, just terrible. This, I mean, I'm not listening that closely to the lyrics, but unless it's specifically about champagne or whatever it is they're yes. hawking, like this sounds. Passable, but the Coke song can, cannot be confused for anything but a Coke song,
0: right? And they're terrible, and they're terrible. I would like to say that the song that Pepsi commissioned from the Spice Girls, um, Generation Next, um, was amazing.
5: Oh, and so Move was over. the Britney Move Spears, Spears
1: yes,
0: Pepsi And the Britney song, what, what was it?
5: My heart won't skip a beat. I oh, I never look before I leap. And then she knows the whole song. I know the whole dance, guys. Guys, Britney.
0: Okay. Name. All right. Most shameful. Most shameful pop culture um, uh, consumed over the course of the week. Uh, my shameful admission to all of you. Second shameful admission. <laughs> I still watch Survivor. Um, Fifteen years, twenty-five seasons in. I watch the show because it never stops being good. Never stops being horrible and manipulative. And this year, it was just like one of those magnificent years that like. A nice, heterosexual, white, strapping, attractive couple really thought that they were in charge. Uh, And then, out of nowhere, an (laughs) Indian girl with spunk and the ability to lie to people Mm -hmm. came out of nowhere and stabbed them. Everyone in the back. It was a bloodbath, and no one could deny that Natalie was the best. And I should be deeply ashamed of it, but it made my Wednesday magical. (laughs) Oliver?
2: I just want to go on the record. I know this is a segment that we're trying to make happen. The problem is, ideologically, I just don't think one should ever have to feel shame about their pop culture consumptions. But So, I'm just going to go on the record saying that. Uh, if I had to pick something...
0: Oliver, did you watch any porn over the
1: course yeah. of the yeah. last week?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. People don't have to be ashamed about that either. No. So, you know?
1: <laughs> Agree.
2: <laughs> you know? But I mean, if I had to pick something that I would... Oh, God. What would I not really want to readily admit? Um, I like binge-watching. Uh, Honest Game Trailers, which is produced by the people who do Honest Movie Trailers but for smush games, and they basically are doing trailers for video games where they highlight all the nitpicks, because I love things that nitpick things. (laughs) So there you go. Santana?
5: I'm pretty ashamed to just sing the Britney Spears Pepsi song. (laughs) But besides that, no, uh, okay. um, A Very Brady Christmas is on Netflix. It's No. It is. uh, uh, No, it's on on demand. It's on demand. Mm -hmm. It's so bad, and I love it so much. It's just you have to drink wine while you watch it because of all the cheese. <laughs> I, I watched Love
0: Actually this week. Oh, that I watched
5: three times this week.
0: I am always so ashamed of watching Love no, Actually. No, don't, it's don't a be terrible, ashamed. Terrible, terrible movie.
5: Don't ever be ashamed. I've literally watched it three times since Thanksgiving, and it's like a long ass movie. So, yeah. yeah,
0: I love when the Christmas season just opens you up to be able to consume <sighs> the things you think are terrible. I know, Oliver. Let's just go back for a moment. Yeah. What is your favorite Christmas movie?
2: I think I have one. I just can't remember what it is. I have to, I'm sort of running through my head as, as to what might qualifies that. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm blowing this. I, I can't think of anything Scrooged, off the top of my head. Elf,
0: Die Hard.
2: Oh. Home Alone. Oh, I would. I would definitely vote for Die Hard. I forgot that was a Christmas movie. Yeah, oh, that's
5: the, yeah. the because it's
2: thing. so it's so no, but it's so well crafted that it just totally holds up on rewatch in a way that you know none of the Die Hard sequels do. But that was just such a well-made mm-hmm. film.
0: I miss a nice German villain. Winter, <laughs> Yes. Uh, what's your most embarrassing piece of pop culture?
1: <clears throat> well, I'm on a budget because I just started working for myself now in the last four months. So I am always looking for ways to do things without having to do them the traditional way. So I've been looking at how to do bikini waxes at home. And the videos are frighteningly... Aggressive and oh and and very cre- – I found one that was creepy as all get out. I'm happy to link to it. But I've determined that this is something that I actually need to have a professional do. <laughs> yeah.
0: Sometimes you just have to establish yeah, boundaries yeah. and say that I'm worth it. But watching the videos <laughs> – I am fascinated. I didn't know about the world of girls putting on makeup videos. Oh, yeah. and then oh. you watch one and they're kind of amazing. <laughs>
1: yeah, they're kind of amazing, and I actually think it's funny that you bring it up. There, those girls. It's it's much different than getting a bikini wax, but I, I I have to salute these girls who go through the effort. They really, they really love makeup.
2: Do you think this has actually improved the quality of makeup application? No. No. Oh, so something's something's gone wrong then.
1: But as the resident <laughs> black in the, in the room, it has – I really am happy that young black girls are able to look at somebody who looks like them because growing up, mm, mm. all I had was Kate Moss. Well, yeah. And also, yeah. you're dealing with a world where <laughs> – Naomi Campbell.
0: 90 percent, if not more, of the products aren't for you and you're having to right. sort of like –
1: but now they are because the, the 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 industry has demanded it because of these girls. So I actually kind of, when I'm done looking at the bikini waxing videos, <laughs> the Brazilian waxing, I, I, I go and look at those a little bit.
0: Like, do you think anyone should be doing their own Brazilian wax?
1: Not the way these people are doing oh. it. <laughs> Not the way these people are doing it. Like, I've never had one. Well, so.
5: first of all, I, if I were doing it at home. I certainly wouldn't be sharing the experience on YouTube. No, it's interesting the way these girls are
1: so good at it. And then one guy was doing it in the basement, and I was like, that is not the environment for application.
0: All right, you guys. With that (laughs) mental image in mind, you've been listening to Pop Rocket, hosted by me, Guy Branum, with Winter Mitchell, Santina Muha, and Oliver Wang. Max Fun listener Jason Clam suggested the name of our show. Jason, we love you, and we will always love you. Our theme music is by Ozzie Mizo. Thanks to him for letting us use it, and thanks to Colin, our producer, for telling me how to pronounce it. We're a production of MaximumFun.org, and our producer is Colin Anderson, who is adorable.
2: Hello, Max Fun donors. This is uh, Colin Anderson, producer of Pop Rocket. I hope you enjoyed that, that pilot episode that we've put in your donor feed. Margaret Wappler was away doing journalism the day we recorded that pilot. Part of the reason that we really value uh, your support and we need your donations is that all of the Pop Rocket team uh, work as freelance journalists and writers and stuff. And so every hour they spend taping with us is an hour that they're not uh, earning money at the moment. So uh, if you're an existing donor and you're enjoying Pop Rocket, uh, please consider adding Pop Rocket to your donation uh, selection. Okay, uh, so here's an extra bonus segment that Margaret led about catcalling and some bonus jams. Uh, Thanks for supporting the show. Bye.
5: Okay, so now Margaret wanted to talk a little bit about this catcalling video that's been going around.
3: Yeah, okay, so there was this street harassment video made. Um, Basically, this woman named Shoshana Roberts walked around the streets of Manhattan. She went from lower Manhattan through Midtown up to Harlem, she was wearing just like jeans and a t-shirt. A a filmmaker named Robert Bliss was walking ahead of her, discreetly filming everything with um, a camera hidden in his backpack. And what came out in this video is that, you know, she endured more than 100 catcalls in the 10 hours that she was out. Um, And you see it condensed in this video. It's only a couple minutes long. Um, But There's been some interesting controversy that's been stirred up from this video because um, many people noticed, hey, like there's only maybe a couple of white guys in this video. Mostly it's black and Latino people harassing her. Um, And the filmmaker responded by saying, well, you know, most of the white people that were harassing her, we couldn't catch it for one reason or another. Like the street sounds got in the way or, or like visually we couldn't get them on the camera. Um, So that's why. And he's like, please don't focus on this. The issue is street harassment. So I just wanted to throw that out to you guys. Like, I mean, first, like just to talk about it as a baseline uh, in terms of street harassment, um, you know, as women and as a man who knows women. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I do know women. Yes. Right, uh, you know, just what what do we think about street harassment? Because I find that it's a very um, touchy topic that people don't feel the same way about it. Um, and I think this video has tapped into that.
2: I mean, I'll start as a yeah. man who knows women. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, one thing, and this is a little bit beside the point, but it's funny because there's so much criticism about TV shows that are set in New York that seem to be completely emptied of people of color. And the one time there's a video that's shot in the streets, it seems to be the one that has no white people in it. That's so convenient. That's so interesting. Uh, But to answer the question, you know, I think for a lot of men, not speaking for all men, but I think for a lot of men, they have trouble understanding this because it doesn't happen to us. And I think a lot of men would even joke, oh, I would love it if women were screaming at me all the time. But that's because we can say that because we don't experience people constantly objectifying us and harassing us. And I'm sure if that were to actually happen in a a way that is directed at women on a daily basis, we probably wouldn't think it's as fun or as flattering as we would like to think. Uh, it's easy to say, oh, what's, what's the big deal when you're speaking from a position of privilege where it doesn't happen to you? Uh, I'm sure if it were to, many men who are perhaps dismiss this as being no big deal would realize that it actually is maybe just a little bit bigger of a deal than they, they give it credit for.
3: Right. I mean, I think in the video, it's interesting because you see sort of the full range of what that kind of attention can be all the way from just sort of like, hey, baby, you know, and she's blown right past that. And then there's a guy who walks next to her for five minutes who's totally creepy and staring at her. And I mean, stalks her basically for that time. Um, So I know when we were talking about this earlier, you guys, we talked a little bit about how street harassment is this weird kind of metric of your attractiveness that. You don't want to, but there's a part of you that like I don't also... want it
1: to stop. Yeah. I really don't. I just think that it's one of those things that it helps you get through your day. And I don't I don't take any of it seriously. I don't think I'm going to find my husband this way. I've never met a partner <laughs> this way. But it doesn't hurt to have somebody going, you know, you look good, B. You know, there's there's it's it's that seems excessive. You know, I just... I'm sorry, but that just seems... There's millions of beautiful, striking, gorgeous women in in New York. And it just shocks me that this would happen this much to this one woman in 10 hours. Like, I just...
5: I don't, you don't believe that the video is true? I, it's
1: not that I don't believe that the video is true. I just feel like the intention there is to sort of highlight something that is not intentionally malicious, if that makes sense. Like, it's not... Mm -hmm. I don't – these guys aren't – I don't think most of these guys felt like they were going to get a response at all or if they were – she was ever going to even come up to them. Well, then why do it? But they they don't don't like Tinder, just trying it, just swiping. Mm.
2: Right, but this is Tinder and – I mean, the thing about Tinder is there's a distance there, right? You're not confronted by someone who's walking next to you or across the street yelling at you. True. I I do – I wanted to ask, though, for a second. You were saying that for you it helps – get you through the day could you just unpack that a little bit
1: <laughs> i'm saying that it i don't need it every day i'm not seeking it daily okay. um i'm not standing on hollywood and highland saying please cat call me i'm saying if you are walking down the street and somebody sort of like D- you, uh, okay let me back up a minute what i don't like is when guys honk horns and then they, just because they see your butt Startles and they want you to turn you. around. Yes, it's yeah. rude and it's gross. And then there's excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, which is I get all the time. Now, if somebody just says it and moves on about their day, cool. But mm-hmm. when it's the aggressive, excessive, you're in my personal space and boundaries, yes, I do not like that. But these guys were, except for the guy that was creeping up on her and following her, most of these guys were just like sitting there and just like, hey, yo, if you don't like it, you say something. And I would say something. I would I myself would say something if I wasn't feeling it,
2: but isn't that asking a lot from people to have to constantly fend off harassment? like yes. why why would why should someone why have to why be, is it on
3: you right to, yeah. to
2: be the one that's, to intervene in it if it's happening as many times as it does in this video
1: because then you become, if you don't I think stand up for yourself, you end up being the kind of person who just starts not going certain places or not in, engaging with certain people or not exposing yourself to certain things that you don't want to deal with that, with the onslaught of that. You're limiting your world and your your, your vision and your ability to, your, your your freedom to roam because you're constantly worried about this one thing. When, but it's this not one
5: fair thing. to people who aren't outgoing that now they can't go places because they're afraid. I mean, I'm, I have no problem. I'll say, thank you, or mm-hmm, or no, or whatever. You know, I'll just shout it. Um, but, like, I'll do that, but I'm not shy. I don't I, I would feel bad for a girl who's kind of shy, but maybe she's wearing a nice summer dress and she's walking down the street and she's getting catcalled. And now she's like, oh, no, I, you know, I don't want to walk around anymore in this section of town. Maybe that's the only section of town that has a TJ Maxx and she right. wants to go in that section of town or whatever. You know, so it's not fair. I personally I know what you mean. Like when I was younger, I used to get a lot out of it. I used to feel like, oh, I must look good today or something. But now, I I don't like it anymore. I love now when people come up to me and they're like, I saw your show. You're so funny. Or I saw, you know, I saw this. When someone says something like that, I'm like, I'm doing something right. Not when they're like, yo, you're too pretty to be in a wheelchair. I'm like, "Oh." Yeah, because they're engaging
1: with oh you my for My god, you are. somebody they, said they that know to who you, you are.
5: all the time. I've heard that my whole entire that life. That is the
1: most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Wow, well, I've yeah. heard it
5: a lot. And it's really it's a backhanded compliment. You know, they think I don't want to give these guys any credit. That if if you tell me, "Oh, they think they're complimenting you." It's like then they're not thinking for one second.
3: They don't often even consider you as, like, a human being who might turn around and respond. Right, I mean, for a while, I would do this thing where if I got catcalled, I would stop, and I'd turn around, and I'd look the guy in the eye, and I'd be like, hi, did you have something to say to me? And they would just (laughs) be like, oh. Yeah, I mean, it'd be totally like, oh, my God, she spoke. I mean, it is this thing about, like, the male gaze, right? Like, the male gaze gets to just look at you. And if you turn around and burn them right back with your eyes, they're like, oh, 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 she's real. Yeah. You know? And that, I think that's, like, part of it is that, you know, when you were saying that, like, they're not really even thinking about you. They're thinking about machismo and, yeah. like, this this sort of, like, call out into the, like, the wild of being like, hey, baby, and, yeah. like, exercising some sort of, like, male sexuality. Yeah. And then when you bounce it back, they're just like, oh, wait, 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 Deflate. there's that
1: part. of it. Deflate.
5: <laughs>
3: and sure, there's nice men out there that are just trying to be nice and...
5: Friendly, but I think there's a tone you that can tell the difference. You can tell. You can tell the difference. I think, yeah, most of the time. Yeah, and some guys are just really good at having that nice tone, like Jeffrey Dahmer.
3: <laughs> oh. Oh, wow,
5: is that is that the one? No, wow. no, not Jeffrey we
3: Dahmer. There, we okay. just went there. Wow, okay. that was I don't dark. think he cat-calls.
5: No, who's the one that was hot?
1: Oh, 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 oh Ted, Bundy. Ted Bundy.
5: Ted Bundy. Some guys, you might think they're being nice, and they're not. So watch it.
1: <laughs> Ted Bundy's <laughs> mo wasn't even catcalling. He was pulling something way more...
5: Yeah, it was way more uh, deep. in CD, Insidious. Or, or like um, Silence of the Lambs, you know? Like, you, you gotta watch out. You Please. can't help a guy <laughs> carry a truck into a... I mean, a couch, a into, couch a truck, into a truck, you van. guys. Yeah, I really, mean, literally, that's the, you help...
2: That's a good takeaway
4: yeah.
1: Do Don't do it. You never, never move furniture. <laughs> I've seen this before. I'm not taking that yeah. couch
3: in there. I'm not doing that. Well, wait. What about the racial aspect of this? Do you think that mm. they should have uh, filmed another day where they got some more white people or or what? Do you I feel want to see like the
2: white guy cut. I want to see that edit. I want to see how yeah. much they edited out. And if they really – I want to see the uncut version of that because it does seem very odd, especially, again, New York – I think most people's impression of New York is that it's a really white city. I mean, demographically, it is a very white city because all the people of color had to move out. So how is it that you managed to film this in New York City and somehow it's all black and brown men? That seems very curious to me.
1: But this is – okay. My experience has been that most cat calls I get are from men of color. So, I mean – and I've dated all across the map and – it was never when a white guy approaches me. It's like always like on some down low like nerd stuff. Like, hey, I, I kind of like you, and I don't know if you <laughs> like me. But with black guys, like, yo, I want to like you know. Come on, let's talk. Let's go hang out. Let's go have dinner. Let's do. This. So I feel like just by nature, men of color are like a little bit more effusive. Um,
2: uh, this is such a polite way of putting it. <laughs>
1: yes, it's true because I'm a woman of color and I'm black. So I just I you know, I, I my dad's not like that. That's the that's the deal. My dad is a super nerdy, quiet shy guy. So it's just I've always not liked catcalling until I got older and I and sort of understood like what I look like, what my body looks like and, and how I come off. And it's it could just be my energy, whatever I, I want to you want to be perceived as attractive if that's your goal. If you, you want to have feel like if you're looking good that day, you want somebody to notice. Okay, but I think that for the race part here, there I don't think that there were that many white men that
3: did it. I don't think we so. We don't
1: know. We don't where's know. Where's the film? Where's, where's the, the tape?
3: Yeah, where's the where's tape? The tape? You, know, I, you know, I had the same thought for a bit where I was like, you know, I hate to say it, but I do feel like it is more men of color. But then I remembered Coachella. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember how and I've been to Coachella like 7 times as a reporter and each time I have to like worm through the crowd to get up close so yeah. I can take my notes and let me just tell you like every part of my body gets grabbed. Mm-hmm. And Coachella is a largely yeah. white affair. Yeah. yeah, but there's also a lot of alcohol and yeah. at Coachella
5: it's not I am just saying like if they did and this isn't this isn't the uh, talking mouth color or whatever. I'm just saying that Filming at a bar at night versus filming walking down the street, you're always going to get more at a bar at night from everybody, any color race, whatever.
2: I mean, my issue with the edit, right, is just that we already live in a culture that for hundreds of years just has portrayed – men of color, in particular black and brown men, as sexual predators. Mm-hmm. And so when you produce a video that's all about sexual harassment, mm-hmm. where all of the offending men are men of color, mm-hmm. and where there were white men, but you conveniently edited them out, mm-hmm. it only perpetuates this idea that men of color are dangerous. And we can look mm-hmm. at this summer and talk about, you were talking about Trayvon Martin earlier, we could talk about Michael Brown from this summer. Yeah. We see, in a way, how you, from that, when you when you put men on that spectrum, and there's the presumption that they are dangerous, that they are aggressors, You know, there are some consequences to that. And to me, if you're going to do a thing about sexism, let's be honest about it and look at the broad spectrum of how sexism exists across the board.
5: I'll tell you who's doing a good job of counterpointing that, and that's Lifetime, television for women, because
4: those are all
5: mostly white males in those films, and they've instilled the fear in me, guys. Wait, what which, which films are you talking about? Lifetime.
3: Almost oh, every almost oh, like every My husband movie. murdered me yeah. after we had our first and child. Yeah, like, and they're always the
5: like, <laughs> right. And they're always these like, you know, white men I didn't, you know, I didn't know who I was married to type yes, males. that's true. I mean, I'm just saying,
3: so I think it's. <laughs> I feel lifetime like, is the great lifetime balancer.
2: Lifetime yeah.
5: is,
3: is the balancer, yeah, of that. <laughs> I also think, like, different women get harassed by different people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and that's part of the thing that I have with this video, a little bit of a problem with it, is that, like, some people, when they're talking about it, are using it as this, like, paragon for all sexual harassment, yeah. all street harassment. It's right. just not. It's one woman's... It's contextual, right. Yeah, sure. it's one well, woman walking through the street one time. My cousin was in
5: town last weekend. She's 16. And we were walking through Venice Beach and a few, you know... a a few guys had said something to her and at one point and she looked at me and she goes, oh God, I don't know what it is, but black guys always hit on me. And I'm like, don't say that. (laughs) And several black guys hit on her that day. So I don't know. I can't tell her, don't say that when it happened five times right in front of me. I mean, it's just kind of like, I think being able to
1: have a platform, frankly, where you put a pretty white girl in a situation where she's walking down an urban street and all these men of color are are hitting on her or catcalling her I mean it's we're just seeing sort of what the new world is like and I feel like every time we get a video like this that touches on a pole like you know hits the heart of something it exposes a little bit more of how uncomfortable we are with the way the world is changing and developing. You
2: think this is new, though? You think catcalling women no, is new? No, I but don't think it's, it's what's, what's new. What's the new world, then?
1: The new world is being able to videotape yeah. it. Oh,
2: right. Okay. Ac- you know, okay.
1: access it in a certain way and distribute this right. media and then put some belief that you have or some some mantra. What am I, What's the word I'm looking for? Just putting, like, some dogma against yeah. it and saying, now this is what is totally wrong with America. Is it what's truly really wrong with America? I don't know. Like if you put that a list black is really woman, wrong. Uh, right? Long. I mean, and so if we're gonna put Cali calling on the list of what is all wrong with America, it's for me, it's not even the top hundred. Like it's it's it's.
2: Oh, that's that's next week's episode. I want to ne- know what no winter's top hundred things that's oh wrong gosh.
5: with America. We Ebola and ISIS that. is not in my top five. Okay, okay. Well, I, I, I saw two people dressing up for that as. um Halloween, by the way. One was Ebola Wait, so and one was oh. How do you dress as Ebola? <laughs> yeah. People hey, will find it can, a way. You
2: can be done. That's the beauty of Halloween. If you can Jeez. make it happen, you'll make it happen.
5: <laughs> well, speaking of CeeLo, let's move on to our next topic. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, he That's may weird. be a creep, but he is a musician, okay?
3: so
5: <laughs> <laughs> I want to know. I want to know. What is everybody's current jam? Let's go around. I want to know.
3: Um, well, it's a tie between T-Swift and T-Pain. Ooh. Oh.
2: oh I, I see Collabo right there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right,
3: Masha. Yeah. So, I mean, Taylor Swift has got her new album out in 1989. It horrifies me that she was born that late, (laughs) but that's just the truth of it. And I I have to say it's exciting to see her, like, break out of this, like, this country thing. that I know it's her roots, but she she, she was shaking it off. And she's got this song now, Shake It Off. And I have to say the exuberance of it. The kind of freedom that seems to be involved for her as a musician to just like totally cast off that and just go into the full-on pop language is—it's exciting to watch. And then as far as T-Pain goes, I mean, T-Pain has had um, some rough years of just being like turned into the whipping boy of all things auto-tune because that's how he made his name. Um, But he did this amazing Tiny Desk concert for NPR and it's a pretty profound watch because he's a good singer and a great musician and he just pulls it together in this way where he's not relying on any of the usual tricks of his music and Mm -hmm. it was very thrilling to watch.
4: Let me talk to you, let me buy you a drink and an empty pain You know me, convict music, Nappy Bowie. I know the club, close at three. What's the chances of you rolling with me? Back to the crib, show you how I live. Let's get drunk and forget what we did.
5: But I love that song. You know, it's, she's one of those artists that maybe you try not to like because you're like, I'm gonna be too old for this. Yeah. And then you hear the song and you're like, Nope, I like it. I like it. I'm moving my hips. I'm moving my neck. And um, she, I, you know, I just love how honest she is. I love how she's not afraid to write a song about someone and go on a talk show and say, Oh, that song, that's about him because yeah. he did this. I think it's nice. It's refreshing. And I think you know, for young girls. Kind of power, girl power-ish, you know, in a, in a post-Spice Girl world. Yeah. We still need that.
3: I agree. I mean, I think there's something about her that I agree that, like, when I first heard about the record and, like, you know, started listening to some of the songs, I was kind of expecting. I, I was in cynical mode about it. Like, yeah, sure, Taylor Swift. Mm-hmm. But it's it surprised me.
5: It's fun. I do wish they would stop showing her reaction at every award show, though. Yeah, that's. We don't need her really surprises anymore. What <laughs> is the deal? <laughs> but that's okay. I yeah. feel like she's next cute. time
1: they're gonna pan to her at one, and her head's gonna explode like <laughs> Scanner style. Yeah. Right?
5: She's cute. That'd though. That would be
1: awesome. That'd man. be amazing.
5: <laughs> she's cute, and she's, she's and that's it, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and she seems to be friends with everyone. Yeah. On she's social not media. A good
1: Friend base though, I'm kind of jealous of her friend hang. Yeah,
5: she's a good. <laughs> Who are her
1: people?
3: I don't it's know, like Carly
1: Claus and um, Emma Stone. Stone and Lena Dunham and Katy
3: Perry. Katy Perry.
1: No, oh no, 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 no. They have beef, don't no, they? No, they're beef. I don't think you believe it. Yeah, yeah. All right, <laughs> they
5: beefing. So they're like frenemies then. I've seen them together. Is that PR? I think that it's just business of show. Oh.
1: <laughs> it's the business of show. We'll never know. The picture of Sophia Loren and and, and Marilyn Monroe always comes to mind when I think of those situations oh. where she's just like sort of side-eyeing her, or no, Jane Mansfield side-eyeing her her cleavage, and I just keep thinking to myself, this is the
5: business of show. <laughs> All right, well then, what's your jam? Um, I
1: have, okay, I have two. There's Kimbra. Um, she has this new album out that, and I wrote it, and I pulled it up here on my cell phone and I should know it because I've been listening to it like crazy but Kimber's album that's out is amazing she has one song called 90s music um and it's just sort of like a throwback to like a hip hip hop slash
2: the 90s music
1: yeah yeah she kind of calls out like everybody and um Miracle's another song that's just like really poppy and it sounds like a Target commercial and I think they use it in a Target commercial but it's amazing <laughs> And then FK Twig. And
3: I'm Yes. I don't know that.
1: Have you seen that
3: video, girl? Yes, watched it three times yesterday. What's going she, on there?
1: It's, 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 I'm all for it because she's like totally like performance art, like London, New York street girl. But like, and then she's dating Rob Pattinson. And I actually think that thank you, Rob Pattinson, for like dating her because yay, it shows that you're so amazingly diverse. Because I feel like and this is a totally different topic, but this is like, if you know, if you're a very popular movie screen hotting you're going and dating this girl who's super counterculture. So that's like you know so yes but she also has um, a really hauntingly beautiful voice and it's really calming to hear her Please,
5: you don't stand a chance stop acting like you can the camera's on you
1: are the two albums that are out—they're all available on Spotify. Though.
3: Yeah, I mean, her dancing in the videos is just tremendous. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's very weird and very off kilter. Yeah. And, I mean, that you have to see the video for Video Girl.
1: Yeah.
3: You, have you seen? I mean, it has this whole—I mean, I don't know. She might be in over her head. It has this whole like death penalty. Oh, theme. Yeah. It's just like
1: so deep for a twenty-four-year-old. Like know. she's she's <laughs> just 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 foraging like some crazy <laughs> mission, and I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. Next is gonna right. be like water in California, baby. <laughs> Take that on.
4: Oh,
5: and what, what how, Do you know what they're talking about? Of <laughs> I, do I don't know FT,
2: FK, FK Twigs. I FK don't. Twigs. FK Twigs, okay. I'm going to have to put that in my list.
5: Yeah, yeah. I-, I didn't know if you were talking about a band. Or I feel no, like my it's mom a now. beautiful
2: girl. It sounds She's a like beautiful... a cafe. Like, oh yeah, have you? I got my cappuccino. Fk twigs. <laughs>
5: right. You'd love it. Okay, all right. I believe you. Yeah. So, what's your jam?
2: Uh, God, if I had to pick one, probably um, Flying Lotus with Kendrick Lamar with Never Catch Me, which is off of Fly Low's new album. And I mean, I think the song itself is great, but really what makes it work completely is the video that goes with it, which is just amazing visual spectacle and message and story and sound and vision and all these things. Um, you know, I, I don't think, you know, Flying Lotus is the new album. You're Dead is this, you know, 40-minute journey that he takes you on through the portal of life and death, and it's, its no, it's not, I mean, his roots might be in hip-hop, it doesn't sound like a hip-hop album, it really sounds like a free jazz album with a lot of things thrown into it. My dark thoughts,
5: looking down on my soul now. Tell me I'm in control now. Tell me I can live long and I can live wrong and I can live right and I can sing song and I can unite with you that I love, you that I like. Look at my life and tell me I fight. This that final destination, this that of information, this that fonts inspiration,
4: this that crack the installation, this that conscious sharpen that fist pumping that bomb detonation. Please don't bomb my nation, And while me a fluorating. I got my control and I'm here. You gon' hate me when I'm gone. Ain't no blood pumping, no fear. I got hope inside of my bones. Is that life we
2: Never Catch Me is arguably the most conventional song within the the broad suite of things in there just because it has Kendrick Lamar on there but um, it just, everything about it works sonically and like I said, if you watch the video it syncs up visually and orally with it uh, perfectly so I'm really, really digging that.
3: I'm impressed you guys are watching so many music videos still. I That's that's how I watch a lot of things. That's how I learn about a lot of new music at this point. It's all
2: YouTube.
3: Yeah, it's all YouTube.
1: It is. is. I watch Ginny from the Block like at least once a month.
5: (laughs) (laughs) I'm not even kidding. I I do watch a lot of throwback videos, but I'm missing out on these new videos. I'm going to have to, I want to see this life and death video and this death penalty penalty video. It's a lot of death going around. you like it. All right.